Hello, Indigos, and welcome to Waking Up with Zen. I'm your host, Zen Katori, here to expand your mind and awaken your spirit. If I blew your mind last week, you're going to need your spacesuit this week. We discovered heaven last Sunday. Today, we are expanding on that big, beautiful, giant container to help you fill in even more elements of yourself and see a little bit more of how life works. Join me in today's talk where I will be giving an in-depth, descriptive definition of all that is infinite and finite, connected and separate, specific and universal about God, this week on Waking Up With Zen. So, last week we talked about the container and the specific questions that go into making our container, which allows for specific future experiences to manifest. Now, many words are used to describe the universe, giving our answers, where we exist, including the feelings, thoughts, sights, smells, and experiences we have in this world every day. And there will be many more created in the future to help explain or define it. However, there has been a single word that has stuck out among all others to mean everything. Or all things. And that word is God. If it is true that God became man, it is also true that man became God. And so, you haven't got to borrow from God, for He is your own. And therefore, whatever you get, you get from yourself. Meister Eckhart The world is very confused about God, and is continually wondering why He punishes the world or makes people suffer in their physical lives making us wonder why bad things happen to good people. This causes many of us to focus on why things have happened to us and are continually happening to us, making us feel like a victim to the whims of a creator. But God is not what you've been taught in church. God is simply a name for our living world, our whole existence, which you are included in. God is also a very heavy word for a lot of people. And it seems almost sacrilegious to talk about it, right? Many of us get a shouldn't go there kind of feeling when we talk about God as if we'll get in trouble. <laughs> However, God is nothing you should fear. And it is something you should fall in love with and enjoy every moment of your existence. I just want to expand your vision and awareness of God so you can feel the love and awe I feel every moment of every day. Open your minds, breathe, and know that you are loved unconditionally. And of course, you can do no wrong. So, let's jump right in. God. A word. We must be aware. Words are nothing more 
than symbols with attached meanings. Also, the context and frame of reference are extremely important in the realm of communication. The poets, songwriters, and playwrights have always struggled with this and will continue to struggle with it because what one word means to one person can mean something completely different to someone else. For example, the word home. What does home mean to you? Do you have a picture in your head? Is it a physical location or maybe a sense of safety? Is it a person? Is it a house? Does it have wheels? We label and define all things in order to speak and communicate to others what it is we're experiencing, seeing, or even thinking. Our words can simply express to another our observations about the world around us. We can help others experience things they would not have been able to experience through words. We can put music to them or draw pictures from them. We can even create worlds with our words. We can use words as swords to hurt others. Or we can use them to help heal. But without them, we'd be running around grunting and pointing. Genesis 2.19 And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. We as human beings have this uncontrollable urge to define things and put things in categories. We believe labeling people, animals, objects, locations, and feelings will take away our fear of these things. We hope once we've put people in categories with specific labels, we won't have to be scared of them anymore. However, Except for God, there is no other word in our vocabulary allowed to be so undefinable. God has typically meant the weather or something scary to peoples of long ago. Our public officials use the term God when they mean to say we have no clue whose fault it is. A deer running out in front of your car is deemed an act of God by your insurance company. Even physicists use the phrase, the mind of God, to state the laws of nature they can't quite figure out. Unfortunately, God has also been used as a command word that people are taught to bow down and give homage to. A majority of people believe God to be the punisher and judger of mankind. It's understandable that people believe God to be made up, incomprehensible, or even cruel. Because God changes from a spirit, to a consciousness, to a labeler, creator, teacher, and punisher within the first three chapters of the creation story. Then God fades in and out of the Bible as the judge and annihilator of mankind. And finally, the murderer of his only son. It's no wonder people are confused and find it impossible to be one with God. However, if you don't fully know what something is, how could you ever become one with it? On the other hand, 
if you knew the definition of something, you could then potentially become one with the something that was understood, right? Part two, God, an expression. Defining and describing God has been a tricky subject because it requires me to express all the feelings, thoughts, actions, expressions, and contrast about this physical universe. Plus, all the parts are physical bodies and its receptors are incapable of experiencing naturally. To express what God is in a universal light, we must first realize God is the whole of all things, the container for infinity, including all time and space that will ever exist and has existed already. So to grasp the wholeness of God, we must first understand the completeness of infinity. This may seem easy at first glance because, sure, infinity, that means everything, right? Yes, that is correct. But are you capable of allowing infinity to fill your entire being? Can you comprehend an existence with the absence of right and wrong? Are you allowing yourself to be part of that infinity? Are you allowing yourself to be God? So many times we deny that we humans could be God because we've been taught that God is something separate from ourselves, far away from us. It is this thing outside ourselves that we must obey and worship and please. And we say, I am not this powerful being that created the universe. Ah, but you are. God is something you already are whose seed is likened to that seed, and you were always meant to become it. Just as an acorn is destined to become an oak. The God you and I were taught to worship at church is not real, and is nothing close to what God is. But because of this mix-up, you don't see yourself as encompassing the fullness of your physical and spiritual universes. Many people believe only the source of the creation to be God, but they forget to put the created part into that definition as well. And then they forget to add the future of that next creation that was made from the first one. And the next one that came from the one after that. Many people believe God to be singular, but that's not the best way to describe God. When an individual says singular, it implies there is one out of many. Remember what I said about context and frame of reference. God is the whole, which is still singular, but has an entirely different connotation. You see, everything that surrounds you is God. That includes the people you come in contact with, the things you experience in your daily routines, as well as the things you believe to be bad and even evil. All day, every day of every
every moment and every life and even after death, you will always and forever exist within the realm of God, never separate from, but always connected to. We exist within God and our God at the same time. God reflects our consciousness and is our consciousness. God is the air we breathe, the people we meet, the thoughts we think, the feelings we have and the lives we live. God is infinity. God is both the singular moment and the continuous expanse of time. Forever moving, changing, and growing. This is what the phrase the Alpha and the Omega means, both the beginning and the end. To say God is only male would make the feminine irrelevant. If you were to say only the light is God, that means you perceive the dark as something evil and unnecessary. To speak of one without the other is to separate wholeness. And then you're no longer speaking of God. You're speaking about fragments of a mosaic thereby missing out on the big picture. God is whole, complete, and eternal. If your leaders say to you, look, the kingdom of heaven is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, it is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is within you, and it is outside of you. Jesus, the Gospel of Thomas. God is a living thing that grows, evolves, transforms, expands, and contracts to create life continuously. God grows and evolves just as you grow and evolve. You are, once again, God, because you have been created from God. As a living God, you are capable of utilizing the energy of your entire being to create new energies that can then be transformed by other living gods. Or, you can transform other living gods' energies to make new and different ones yourself. Thus, God gives life to God forever and ever. It is an endless cycle, just like the infinity symbol or the serpent eating its tail. And, as Einstein said, energy, conscious, eternal energy, i.e. you, is neither created nor destroyed. It simply changes. Anything you could ever have, ever imagine, or experience is all God. It's all good. It's simply a word, but it's a word that means everything, all things. That is why the word God is so necessary to grasp. The word, of course, is stagnant, but it does have a reason and a meaning, and that meaning must be universal and have total encapsulation of infinite existence and possibility. God is a label and a symbolic expression of a single-celled organism reflected against the mirror of the cosmos. In order to experience the fullness of God for yourself, you must learn to gather all things 
moments, experiences, and then take a step back to observe it all. At that moment, you will be able to see and become God all at once. Moving right along. Part 3. God. A symbol. The science of understanding the interaction of energies as they join together in a single unit is called numerology, as defined by Ella Ellenwood in the Everything Numerology book. Numerology is based on the idea that letters have numeric and energetic qualities. Each letter of our English alphabet has a vibrational quality that can be interpreted as having a specific energetic quality and, when understood, can be utilized to be aware of many things about one's life on multiple levels. Quote, Pythagoras, Einstein, and Merlin, among many others, have said that numbers, mathematics, and the metaphysical understanding of numbers and vibrations together form the perfect language. Ellenwood. End quote. The letters G, O, and D each have a specific tone and vibration, and when the letters are combined, create a new energy with an even more complex and complete vibration, which expresses an even greater truth about our existence. The vibration of God, numerically speaking, creates an image, or at the very least, starts the thought process in our minds. Even the word God, by itself, can be used to explain our entire universe. Technically, the name of the universe cannot be spoken, right? Ever heard that? This parallels with Lao Tzu and the Tao. Once something is spoken about the Tao, it is no longer the Tao. The Tao has no name, but we call it the Tao. <laughs> Even if it is written, it is no longer the Tao, because it has become stagnant and unchanging. The Tao is forever changing and moving and can only be observed and felt and known once it is known. Just as God, to speak it or write it down, does not do it justice. However, like Lao Tzu, we try. The first letter is G and has a vibrational equivalent of a 7 on the numeric system. Now, if you picture the letter G in and of itself, it's an incomplete circle which has a container on the inside and that is a platform to hold other energies of the internal. Hmm? The 7 for the G represents mysticism and religious experiences. The number seven has been considered a mystical number in as many associations with it, um, including the seven deadly sins, the seven virtues, and the Sabbath, when God rested. The next letter is O, and it's slightly different from the G, right? The G was a partial circle, or a non-enclosed circle with an opening. O is a very strong symbol for many reasons because the vibrational quality is a six. And with a circle, it has no beginning 
and no end, and stands for completeness, and the whole. <laughs> the number six is also considered a perfect number. Interesting thing is, is if you continue to draw the six and complete it all the way around back on itself, and you enclose the rest of the six in, it then looks like an egg. Mmm, very cool, huh? The book of Genesis states God completed the earth in six days. Uh, six sides of a cube actually open up to create a cross. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, even the Star of David are some examples of the symbolic six energy. And the final letter, D. D is a four vibration and a stable one. Think of a box, right? A cube, four sides, very stable, very strong. D is like a half circle, so you could like flop it onto its side, right? So it almost looks like almost looks like a rising sun or a setting sun. And the D is a half circle, which is comforting and grounding. And the number four is associated with, once again, a box or a square. The four is also the Earth's number and is associated with the four elements, earth, air, water, and fire. Even the term tetragrammatons means a word from the four letters referring to the name of God of Israel used in the Hebrew Bible, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. And remember, you can't necessarily say the name, because by doing so, it's considered tainting it in a way, but it's really not tainting it. It's really just not fully expressing it. It's like you're trying to say a word that you're not pronouncing correctly. It's there, but it doesn't quite give completeness to what it is you're trying to express. So, now that we have the full word, G, O, and D, now, if one were to combine all the numbers, 7 for the G, 6 for the O, and 4 for the D, together they would come up with a number of 17 if you added them all together. Now, in numerology, however, we always condense it to the lowest singular number. Only in a couple circumstances do we not, but in this case, we would. Once again, add the 1 and the 7 of the 17, and it becomes 8. So 8 is the combined single unit of the word God. Now, an 8 is symbolic of eternity, immortality, resurrection, and new beginnings. And when placed on its side, the number becomes the infinity symbol. Isn't that fun? <laughs> so the letters G, O, and D are perfect for the name of our existence because it speaks on so many different levels. Just like this multidimensional experience. Just like you, you multidimensional being. Thereby allowing us, even through the name, to understand the magnificent reality we live in. And 
and just to expand your mind since we're in this symbolic realm here. Um, I wanted to bring up a couple extra symbols or just expand on them a little bit more. The Star of David is another image which has the same symbolic energies within this dual world. The Star of David is whole as it is and it's complete. However, when you separate the image, you find that there are two separate triangles. One is pointing up, and that's the sacred masculine. And then there's another pointing down, which is the sacred feminine. Think Adam and Eve. This also has to do with heaven and earth. One pointing up heaven, one pointing down earth. Same things. And if you notice, also the yin and yang symbol also contain an essence of both dualities. Taoism. And in this symbol, however, they've gone a step farther in their image and they've put a spot of dark on the light side and there is a spot of light on the dark side. Now this also talks of our physical existence within the dualities of this world with the sun and the moon. And so we must also be aware that even though we're shrouded in sunlight, there will always be shadows cast by the sun. And this means you can always find something to complain about. <laughs> I'm advising against it though, but fear not. If you're feeling sad, and even though you might feel like you're in complete darkness, there is a promise. You will always have some form of light for you in this world to guide you. And if you meditate upon the yin and yang symbol long enough, it appears to be swirling. This is the same as our living world, because it is alive, just like you. And we are here now at the final part. God, an experience. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The great I am is who you really are. But do you fully comprehend what that means? Here is a daily meditation to listen to just before you go to bed or when you get up in the morning. Now, what I've done is simply replaced God with I for the entire first chapter of the creation story. Because you need to realize what this world is to you and what you're capable of creating within it. A paradise on earth is nothing compared to the vastness of the infinite cosmos which you created before you even became human. In the beginning, I created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of my being moved upon the face of the waters. And I said, let there be light. And there was light. And I saw the light, that it was good. And I divided the light from the darkness. And I called the light day, and the darkness I called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day, 
And I said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And I made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. Then I called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. And I said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And I called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters I called seas. And I saw that it was good. And I said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding after my kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after my kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after my kind. And I saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And I said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And I made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. I made the stars also, and I set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and I saw that it was good. In the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And I said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that have life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And I created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after their kind. And I saw that it was again good. And I blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And I said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after my kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after their kind. And it was so. And I made the beast of the earth after my kind, and cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after my kind. And I saw that it was good. And I said, Let me make man in my image, after my likeness, and let them have dominion over the earth, and the fish of the sea, and the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 
So I created man in my own image. In the image of me, I created them, male and female. And I blessed them, and I said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And I said, Behold, I have given every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which the fruit of every tree yielding seed is, to you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And I saw everything that I had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, I ended my work, which I had made, and I rested on the seventh day from all the work which I had made, and I blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because that in it I had rested from all the work which I created and made. Thanks again for tuning into Waking Up With Zen. It took me years to learn and assimilate a lot of this information, but there is an end. A graduation, I assure you, and it's not death. Now I'm not spending my days studying and learning and practicing. I've become good enough at it now that it's become second nature to me. The whole point of this show is to help you wake up. And once you do, all that you have left to do is go live your life. Because that's what you really want, isn't it? I mean, I know I'm super cool, but I don't want you camping out in my classroom. You learn, you rehearse, you succeed, you get out. Here's a new mantra I'd like you to adopt this week. Everything works out for me. Go ahead. Say it to yourself. Everything works out for me. Yes, it does. No matter what is happening in your life, where you see is coming at you, just keep reminding yourself that everything works out for you. As you keep listening on Waking Up With Zen, you'll begin to realize how powerful you really are and how much control you have over every aspect of your life. I'm Zen Katori. See you next Sunday.